Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Well, if you live in Australia, uh, Western Australia, the northern part of Western Australia, you should be a little concerned. Uh, A capsule seems to have fallen off a truck that was transporting this capsule from a mine in the northern part of Western Australia to a suburb of Perth, which is beautiful this time of year, and the region's largest city. And the capsule is smaller than a penny. Why do we care about this capsule? Well, it contains the radioactive isotope cesium-137. And I mean, if you know anything about radioactive isotopes, you know that cesium-137 will emit the equivalent of a, well, this particular capsule, the size of this capsule, smaller than a penny, uh, with the radioactive isotope cesium-137, emits the equivalent of 10 x-rays in an hour. So if you were to pick it up, it would, you know, cause you to have burns, radiation sickness, and skin damage. Of course, prolonged exposure could lead to cancer, but... What are you going to do? Stick it in your pocket? (laughs) Uh, Now, the Department of Emergency Services and Rio Tinto uh, were only notified the capsule was missing when the container was unpacked for inspection on the 25th of January, just a couple of days ago. Authorities believe it fell through a hole in the truck where a bolt had been dislodged after a container collapsed in transit due to vibrations. (laughs) Uh huh. So the mining company uh, that managed to lose the capsule uh, apologized and said, Hey, we are launching an investigation into the perplexing circumstances of how this tiny object fell off the truck. So they are out searching for it as we speak. So if you're out there in Western Australia, you know, between uh, Perth and the uh, Rio Tinto mine there, it's about an 870 mile long route uh be careful when you see a capsule laying there alongside the road don't pick it up and don't go near it just call somebody because it could be the radioactive isotope cesium-137 capsule and you don't want none of that welcome welcome to chewing the fat Well, if you get your prescription meds from CVS, Walmart, Walgreens, uh, you probably already are aware of some of the changing store hours. And CVS has now announced that they're going to be adjusting hours in select stores as part of a periodic review of operating hours to make sure we're open during peak customer demand. The move will affect roughly two-thirds of the company's approximately 9,000 retail pharmacies beginning in March Okay, they are, of course, CVS is the largest pharmacy chain in the U.S. by revenue. Uh, And of course, they want to be clear that if a pharmacy is closed, a patient can visit any open CVS pharmacy location for assistance with their immediate prescription needs. Walmart said it's cutting hours at its pharmacy locations nationwide to improve work-life balance for its associates. Uh, They give the hours that the pharmacy will be open. They're committed to helping associates live better. Okay. Um, We also know that Walgreens uh, is the second largest 
pharmacy chain in the U.S. had to adjust pharmacy hours over the past 12 plus months due to staffing challenges. If you use those uh, particular places for your prescriptions, you're already aware of that issue. Now, there's plenty of other ways to get prescriptions. Of course, you know, online prescriptions, having them delivered to you is certainly a thing that's going to be uh, hurting these pharmacies big time. So they're going to have to find a way around that and maybe... Maybe you can, you know, we'll see if it works out, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these pharmacies go away. Plus, Walmart has said that uh, they are now trying for a solution to stop shoplifting. Um, You know, of course, every store wants to, you know, stop shoplifting. Duh. But uh, they want to stop uh, a problem called the banana trick. You know what the banana trick is? (laughs) What they call the banana trick is, and they use this at the self-checkout lines. This is where how you use the banana trick. Uh, You put the uh, code of an expensive product uh, with the label of another one with a much lower price on the self-checkout machine. That way, you're discovered, you're not stealing, you're going across, you're scanning every item, but you're scanning something that is, you know, a huge ticket item for a lot less money, and that's called the banana trick. Now, I will say that they are now, uh, that's a big problem for them. You, I, One of the things that people have told me that they do at the self-checkout, this isn't, uh, I don't know if they don't, they don't call it the banana trick, but let's say you have, um, uh, let's say you want to buy a soup that's uh, $3 a can, and you want to buy some soup that is a dollar a can, right? So you scan Uh, And you have six cans of soup, three of each, right? So you scan six cans of the 99-cent cans while you put all six of the cans in the bag. So you paid, uh, you know, a lot less. (laughs) You you saved yourself, what, two, four, six dollars on those three cans of soup. I can add up. And Walmart uh, was not happy with that, okay? (laughs) So they're improving the self-payment machine system. So this is an FYI for you that are trying to do that, okay? Uh, They are using a new scan system with AI technology with uh, Edgify. And uh, the system gives the device the function it needs to see what product is being scanned by the customer and whether or not it matches the label on it. All right. So there you go. I know some people were, uh, they would use the wrong barcode and ring up an item and then take it back. So like if I did that, if I did what I talked about with the six cans of soup, right? All right. So now I saved, uh, uh, $6, but then if I took a couple of cans back and got credit, I would also get, uh, you know, a little bit more money in my pocket. Anyway, they are striving to do that. So be careful out there trying to uh, fool the old stores because the old switcheroos, <laughs> they are on the lookout. They are definitely on the lookout. How about those NFL games yesterday, huh? How about that? If you're listening live, today is the 30th of January, 2023. Uh, the day after my birthday, thank you all 
for all the messages that were sent on social media, whether it be at JeffyJFR on Twitter, Jeff Fisher Radio on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, email ChewingTheFatAtTheBlaze.com. Thank you all for your birthday wishes. I appreciate it. Or your birthday messages saying happy birthday. Anyway, whatever. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, birthdays are something that drive me insane because it's been a, an ongoing joke for years that I don't say how old I am. And I really, it doesn't matter to me. But, it, you know, I just, anyway, thank you so much for going out of your way to wish me happy birthday. I really appreciate it. Now, that having been said, NFL games yesterday. The Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs and the Cincinnati Bengals. I told you it was going to be Philadelphia versus Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. I was wrong. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, Kansas City won with a last, you know, eight-second field goal to win it 23-20. to uh, incredible. The whole the whole game was incredible uh, between the non-calls and the calls and uh, penalties and the refs being flag-happy. Just pretty amazing game. And then uh, the Philadelphia game where they just crushed the San Francisco 49ers and the 49ers were playing with their, you know, 120th string quarterback. All their quarterbacks were injured that fourth quarter. Uh, Brock Purdy couldn't even throw the ball, and he's out there at quarterback. They should have just conceded, called timeout, and said, guys, uh, we're not going to be able to throw the ball. There's no way we're going to come back. Um, why don't we just uh, call it a day? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Obviously, that's not going to happen, but it would have been awesome to see. So there you have it. Uh, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs as they go to play in the Super Bowl in two weeks uh, in Arizona. And we will uh, we'll see how that game turns out. Uh, I Right now, I will just say that uh, straight up against no point spread, not anything, Philadelphia will crush the Kansas City Chiefs. But you just never know anymore, do you? You just never know. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. One of the great Democrats of the country uh, today is governor of the great state of California, Gavin Newsom. Now, he was out yapping his way around the addiction crisis that we're facing in his state and really around the country and the world. But uh, Gavin was in the middle of talking about uh, this addiction crisis when he said this. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn mistakes this country's ever made. I know it's a hold-your-hand idealistic point of view that somehow magically, I mean, God bless some of you. I, if you're like me, I've been known to have a glass of wine at night watching some of the nightly news. Uh, we all need to self-medicate periodically. <laughs> that is awesome. You wonder why California is the way California is. Now, this guy wants to be president of the United States. He definitely wants to be president, or at least for sure run for the presidency of the United States. And we all need to self-medicate from time to time. He may get my vote. 
You never know. Clean and sober is one of the biggest damn lies. I'm sorry. One of the biggest damn mistakes this country ever made. We all need to self-medicate periodically. Thank you, Gavin. I had a couple people send me the story about the new documentary on Netflix called The Pez Outlaw uh, from Michigan. Uh, Steve Glue, a Michigan resident, who saw a lucrative market and exploited it. And I have not seen it yet. I am looking forward to seeing it, though. The Pez Outlaw. So apparently it's uh, this guy, Steve Glue, a small town Michigan man. Uh, goes to Eastern Europe after the fall of the Berlin Wall. His mission is to locate a secret factory that holds the key to the most desired and valuable Pez dispensers. (laughs) If he succeeds, he will pull his family out of debt and finally be able to quit his job of 25 years. Steve becomes a hero of his own adventure, smuggling the rarest of goods into the U.S. and making millions in the process. It was all magical. Until his arch nemesis, the president, decided to destroy him. The Pez Outlaw on Netflix. (laughs) I am looking forward to seeing that. Boy, Netflix is starting to tick me off too because they are, every time I turn around, I'm hearing more and more about the sharing password stuff that they've got going on. And I knew it when What's-His-Face... Reed Hastings stepped down as CEO. Now, he's still on the board. He's one of the founding guys. He's not going anywhere, but he's not going to be day-to-day, right? He's, he's not going to be the CEO. And they're talking now, again, more of uh, how they're going to enforce their sharing password uh, situation that they believe is going to uh, you know, help them make some extra money. And so they've got, uh, they're already exploring ways to crack down on the sharing. I tested a login verification pro- process. If the user, uh, the company suspected was not the account owner tried to log in, Netflix would send a code via email or text to the account owner that was needed uh, to be entered within a certain amount of time. The user would not be able to access the service. Then they began testing new features, one that allowed members to add sub-accounts for people living outside their household for, of course, a small fee. And the second one allowed users who share an account to transfer their profile information to a new account or a sub-account. And that happened in Chile, Costa Rica, and Peru. We did talk about that, I believe. So I just find it uh, interesting that they are coming after all of us. Now, I love the feature that allows you to view devices that have streamed from your account and log out of those you don't have access with just, you know, with one click. Now, they suggested that, uh, you know, using the feature to log out of a hotel TV or a friend's device while traveling for holidays. Now, that is okay. I'm all right with that. Uh, no problem. Uh, because, you know, you do use, that's my point. I do use it outside of my main Wi-Fi. So, you know, I should be able to use it wherever the hell I want. I don't want to have to fight to be able to use the apps that I pay for, that I rent, to use. I just I just don't. It drives me insane. And then, you know, speaking of Wi-Fi, you see where, like, they have this story. The headline is, New Tech Can See People Through Walls Using Wi-Fi. Now, it's really weird. They don't necessarily see people. 
I was, you know, I'm reading about this, and it's really fascinating how a team of researchers have come up with a machine learning assisted way to detect the position of shapes, including the poses of humans, to a pretty astonishing degree using Wi-Fi signals. So they have, you know, it hasn't been peer reviewed. So okay, we don't know, you know. We don't know if it's true or not, but researchers at Carnegie Mellon University uh, came up with this deep learning method of mapping the position of multiple human subjects by analyzing the phase and amplitude of Wi-Fi signals and possessing them using computer vision or possessing processing them using computer vision algorithms. So they analyzed <laughs> the waves of Wi-Fi in a room and so the results of the study reveal that the model can estimate the dense pose of multiple subjects with comparable performance to image-based approaches by utilizing wi-fi signals as the only output so i don't know that we're seeing through walls with this but we can definitely take a look and see who's where inside your house due to the wi-fi output Good times. Good, good times. And good times for SpaceX. I know they announced that uh, they completed a major test of its latest Starship prototype as uh, they prepare for the first orbital launch of the towering rocket Starship Prototype 24 stacked on Super Heavy Booster Prototype 7 fueled at uh, SpaceX Starbase facility in Texas in a test known as a wet dress rehearsal last week and so they're getting ready they're getting ready to take off and uh, that's what elon wants to head to head to mars let's let's get that going plus we got a radio signal from eight billion light years away that's what they claim astronomers said they detected a radio signal from deeper in space than ever before using a cosmic trick first predicted by Einstein by using warped space-time as a magnifying glass. Duh. Astronomers have picked up the most distant signal of any kind from a, a remote galaxy, and it could blow open a window onto how our universe formed. Now, the record-breaking radio frequency signal picked up by the giant Metrowave Radio Telescope, GMRT, in India came from the galaxy SDSSJ0826 plus 5630. <laughs> Man, it makes you want to go there. Man, do I want to travel to galaxy SDSSJ0826 plus 5630, located 8.8 .8 billion light years from Earth meaning the signal was emitted when the universe was roughly a third of its current age. So the signal is an emission line from the universe's most primordial element, neutral hydrogen. In the aftermath of the Big Bang, this element existed throughout the cosmos as a turbulent fog from which the first stars and galaxies eventually formed. Astronomers have long searched for distant signals from neutral hydrogen in the hope of finding the moment the first stars began to shine. However, given the extraordinary distances involved, those signals have proven difficult to spot. Yeah, no kidding. But we now have picked up 
a signal from Galaxy SDSSJ0826 plus 5630. Man, incredible. Man, do I want to travel there. Well, who died today? Who died today? Tom Verlaine, founder of the influential punk era band Television, dead at 73. Man, when you think of punk rock bands, you think of television, don't you? (laughs) I do, that's for sure. Uh, He died in Manhattan. He was 73 years of age after a brief illness. I mean, the guy was, uh, you know, a legend inside the, the, the punk world. I mean, he had eight solo albums on top of albums released with, uh, with the bands. And uh, I'll read you what they say about him. Uh, they talk about his, uh, he never found great commercial success, but the impact of his freewheeling, jaggedly inventive playing and television's combative two-guitar assault would later be widely felt in the music of younger acolytes from such New York-based band as the Feelies and Sonic Youth to West Coast-bred players like Steve Wynn of the Dream Syndicate and Nels Klein of Wilco. Tom Verline, founder of the band Television, dead at the age of 73. Also, just so you know, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but there's like ice hitting the window of the office that I'm recording in now. I came home, I did Pat Gray Unleashed this morning, and then we all got the news that what was supposed to be come in tonight was coming in today. And so I got the heck out of the studios because I had all kinds of work scheduled today and all of it got canceled because I am doing it from the house. Uh, I Holy cow, it's the I, roads are getting iced over, things are going to shut down here in DFW for a couple of days. And yet I'm giving to you. And yet I'm here recording a show for you. I know. I know. You're welcome. I just want to say it's just weird now because the ice is starting to it's starting to rain ice, which is wonderful. And it's just slamming up against the window. So I'm <laughs> this is driving me insane. So anyway, who died today? Yeah, Tom Verline. Yeah, yeah, I already told you he's dead at 73. Plus we had a hundred thousand chickens dead at an egg farm. A fire at Hillendale Farms property in Connecticut drew hundreds, well, they say dozens, I say hundreds, uh, at the area. Officials said the blaze was extinguished Saturday night. The cause, not immediately clear. Huh. Okay. All right. So uh, the fire uh, was large, about three to 400 feet long, two stories high, housed an unknown number of chickens. Um, yeah, the uh, Salvation Army. Uh, said that around 100,000 chickens were killed. Okay? So, uh, apparently, Hilldale Farms was a little busy. They didn't answer the phone. (laughs) It's one of the country's top egg producers, raising over 20 million chickens for eggs. So, if you thought egg prices were high now, uh, they are going to get just a tad bit higher. So, 100,000 chickens dead in Connecticut. Also, who died today? We don't know his name. We don't know how old he is. We just know that he was crushed 
by a pop-up urinal in London. Okay, so he's working on the uh, the pop-up urinal, and the hydraulic unit came down and crushed him. Oh, that does not sound like fun. You know, any way to die is uh, never fun, but being crushed by a hyd- an hydraulic urinal uh, sounds less fun than other ways. <laughs> so the urinals are concealed below the street during the day and they were put in so that they could be put up during the uh, the big show that goes on in that district trafalgar square they had you know helicopters came and were rushing in because he was out there first responders were there so they put these urinals in and they pop up in the evening for this performance of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. So they have these pop-up urinals that come up out of the sidewalk so people could use them and it makes it look, you know, cool that they've got these little pop-up urinals in Trafalgar Square and we're all here to see Harry Potter and we want you to stand up and, you know, go to the, well, it's not a bathroom, go to the urinal outside here on these pop-up urinals and so he was you know down there fixing or working on the hydraulic units and crushed so man talk about a crappy way to go really it would just talk about a pissy way to go but either way uh doesn't sound fun so unknown man unknown named man unknown age of unknown named man dead crushed by the hydraulics of a urinal And then we have some animals uh, fighting back against humans. This show, obviously, humans first. But uh, we have a 19-foot-long great white shark decapitating a diver uh, as he was harvesting shellfish off the coast of Mexico. Oof. Uh, Manuel Lopez, 53, dead, was gathering a type of mollusk, this axe tripe, off uh, Benito Juarez in Sonora on the west coast of Mexico. And uh, he was said to have been diving from the town of Peridon, Colorado, to the ocean floor without an oxygen tank to nab, you know, nab the musks and the mullocks. And uh, they typically reside about 36 to 59 feet down. And so the shark uh, was swimming along and decided, you know what, <laughs> Manuel, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and bite your head off. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so all divers are now on high alert in the area. Be careful because the presence of sharks are there. So yeah, if you're going to start diving for axe tripe uh, <laughs> off the coast of Mexico, you may want to, you know, keep your head on your shoulders by spinning around and keeping an eye out for the old 19 foot long great white shark that is looking for people so uh manuel lopez dead at the age of 53 then we have a trophy hunter in south africa who is dead he was eaten by a pride of lions in south africa yes a large cat hunter was uh widely known across instagram for his videos and pictures showing his successful hunts according to people watching the uh the instagram as he was uh, showing off his uh, his kill people heard screaming from a distance and the lions just uh quickly eliminated their prey and by the time people got there to shoo him away and get rid of him uh they had eaten everything but his head so unlike the shark uh 
who took the head and left the body. The lion took the body and left the head. So those of you that don't like trophy hunters should be happy. Uh, the lions, the pride of the lions are fighting back uh, after the... <laughs> so I guess the guy shot one of the lions and he's taking his picture and the pride was not having any of that and came in and, uh, and took care of business. So lions left the head. Sharks left the bodies. Weird. So a week after Lisa Marie was buried, uh, they buried her next to dad and her son, Benjamin. Uh, you know, they buried her next to dad, Elvis, the king. Uh, she had, you know, everyone was there and people were lined up in uh, at Graceland for hours uh, as they were getting ready for her funeral. And it was, you know, it was sad, but it was joyful. Uh, something else. I mean, that was in Memphis. <laughs> we haven't even talked about the the Memphis. Holy cow! Um, all right, let's. I'll I'll stop for a second. I don't want to talk about the Memphis beating yet. I want to talk about Lisa Marie. So everyone thought that she had her heart event, and it was uh, related to. Well, you know what you thought it was related to. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. You thought it was related to the vaccine, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I know you did. I know you did. But apparently she was uh, taking opioids again uh, in the weeks before her death. That's what family sources have claimed. They also claim that she was trying to lose weight for the Elvis Awards season. She underwent plastic surgery a couple of months before the Golden Globes, lost up to 50 pounds as part of a strict regimen. Uh, at the awards show just days before her sudden cardiac arrest uh, at her home. She was seen slurring her words and appeared unsteady on her feet on the red carpet. So, uh, there you have it. Uh, she'd previously struggled with addiction to opioids after she was given a short-term prescription during her recovery from the birth of her twin daughters. She was heavily abusing cocaine back in 2013 checked into rehab multiple times. Uh, so according to this, of course, opioid overdoses are known to trigger cardiac arrest. And after a lengthy period of being clean following an addiction, the body's tolerance to the drugs will be far lower. I mean, that is for sure. We see that a lot with people who have gone clean and sober. Uh, oh, I mean, not, I'm like, uh, why should we go clean and sober? Like uh, Gavin Newsom says, I mean, we all need to self-medicate periodically, right, Gav? Well, Lisa, uh, you know, that's what happens, right? You get, uh, you get dry, and then you go back to using the same amount that you used before you went dry, and your body is not ready for that amount because the tolerance has now gone away. So anyway, that's what's being reported now on Lisa Marie. So those of you out there trying to blame it on, you know what I'm talking about, that COVID vaccine, yeah, Think again, okay? Think again. And speaking of all you people that thought it was, uh, you know, vaccine-related, Damar Hamlin has finally spoken out. Uh, he released an Instagram video 
and it was like six minutes long and i i'll play you some of it i mean i can't play the whole six minutes but he talks about how uh it's been a process and i can't tell you how appreciative he is uh i am of all the love and support and everything that's been coming his way um he talks about uh how um you know a the images and clips of others and medical personnel, NFL players, fans, and members of his family. And he just wanted to say a thank you video, especially, you know, after last week, uh, it took him a whole other week to release this, uh, after Buffalo, after the Buffalo thing, you would think, and this is just me. You would think that he would show up to the video in the outfit that he wore to the, uh, Buffalo bills game and to the outfit he was supposedly wearing at his, clone painting with all the talk of him not actually being him at the game you'd think he would have come out for the video in that outfit and then taken the jacket off just a silent way of saying see it's me but he didn't he came out and he hung a little buffalo bills jacket up on the back of a chair that he sits in and this is how it started He is in the Buffalo Bills meeting room, by the way. Thank you. A message from Damar Hamlin. None of my brothers have closed out a strong winning season. As I continue to make so much progress recovering, I think it's finally a good time to share a few things. I think it was important for me to wait and speak publicly at the right time, as it was just a lot to process yeah. um, within my own self, uh, mentally, physically. Um, even spiritually. It looks good, though. It's just been a lot to process, but I can't tell you how appreciative I am of all the love, all the support, and everything that's just been coming in my way. What happened to me on Monday Night Football, I feel is a direct example of God using me as a vessel to share my passion and my love directly from my heart uh, with the entire world. And I'm able to give it back to kids and communities all across the world. Uh, who needed the most and that's always been my dream that's always all right well thank you Demar. now that i will say that and it goes on it was like six minute long video holy cow uh i didn't need six minutes Demar. just give me a just give me a couple minutes and we'll we'll go okay now i will say that it looks like there's a lot of edits to this video and in today's world nobody cares you know you watch the tiktok videos you watch the instagram reels whatever that everybody has got the quick cut edits and that's fine but he's recording this at the bills facility or supposedly so and uh he's you know a whole bunch of edits so it couldn't be a deep fake right (laughs) i'm not saying it is don't look at me like that i'm not saying it is i'm just saying what i'm saying is it couldn't be okay i'm saying that there's no way that it could be uh, a Damar Hamlin deep fake. Okay. I'm saying that it's actually him. All right. I just want to know, you know, why the, why the secrecy? What's the big deal? I, I don't understand. And I really don't understand. You know, I guess it was a Bill's jacket, outer jacket he was wearing in the picture with his clone post. So maybe the jacket he hung up over the chair was the same jacket and that was his way of doing it there at the very beginning i don't know if i'm producing it he leaves it on until the camera is rolling and you see him take it off so they didn't ask me to produce it and so okay uh just know that damar is you know he's alive he's got a message out there and you could go to his 
go to his Instagram account and see it if you want. It's d.ham3, which, you know, of course it is. All right, I want to share a couple of emails with you. Uh, emails to chewingthefat at theblaze.com. I got this email email in asking me about uh, headphones. So that I noticed that Stu, Pat, and Keith wear headphones during Moron Trivia, and you don't. Why don't you, or why do they? Seems to me you can hear without them. Studio is not that big. Well, that's correct, uh, Dom. Uh, that's from Dominic, uh, emailing chewing the fat at theblaze.com. First of all, uh, Stu would probably wear an earpiece, except I had a set of headphones sitting there plugged in for him uh, in the box that's behind my chair. Uh, Pat and Keith wear headphones because they're Pat and Keith. I have an earpiece uh, fitted to my ear that I have in my left ear that I listen to. Uh, uh, I have a set of uh, both ear pieces, which we used uh, for original TV headphones. Uh, but that's when we were uh, doing uh, Glenn Radio every day and Glenn TV every day. So I still use my one earpiece that I had uh, fitted to my ear. And it's just, it's not a earpiece from an ear doctor. It is, uh, there's a company that you mold your inner ear with uh, wax and then they make a headphone that fits into your ear so it doesn't, you know, stick out. I enjoy wearing regular headphones uh, when I'm not on the camera or whatever because uh, you can hear it brings the sound so much better into you. But uh, for the TV show and stuff, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, it's better not to have the headphones hanging on the top of my head. But that's just me. That's just me. And then I got an email from Susan, and I appreciate this email very much. She said, Hubby and I sat down to watch Shrinking today. It's the new show on Apple TV. There's a neighbor, Liz, on the show. And partway through the first episode, and I have not seen Shrinking. I saw the ads for it. It's on uh, Apple TV. I do not have Apple TV. But uh, there's I, there's a couple shows on there I do really want to watch. So I'm going to find a way to make that happen. Anyway, partway through the first episode, uh, Hubby said, you know who she, where she's from? And I swear I hadn't seen her before in anything. And he told me where she was from. And she was on the Drew Carey show. Now, I remember her on the Drew Carey show, Krista Miller. She was the, you know, the she's one of those girl next door hot girls on TV shows. Krista Miller. Okay. So, uh, apparently, she is well on her way to Three Cuts to Clown Face. <laughs> Susan said, uh, at this point, I said, well, Three Cuts to Clown Face. And she's at 2.95. And then I had to explain because, you know, if hubby listens, she says that hubby doesn't listen to chewing the fat. First of all, that has to be remedied. Uh, I'm not sure what the deal is, but you need to set hubby straight. Well, I appreciate you listening very much, but you need to set hubby straight. Second, you say in your email, he listens to you on other Blaze shows. Okay, well, that's very nice. And then, I mean, he may have missed where my three cuts to clown face uh, theory on other blaze shows and you know maybe maybe i let him slide a little bit but she does show uh the back to the side by side shots of krista miller Woo, there's no doubt krista is definitely on her way to three cuts to clown face and then uh one of the neighbors uh in the scene was also uh ted mcginley remember ted <laughs> 
it looks as though i mean ted still looks fine looks like he's getting a little bit too much sun turning into a little george hamilton-ish uh he's definitely turning into a little george hamilton-ish no doubt about that i don't know about clown face i'm sure he's had some work done who among hollywood stars has not had a little work done <laughs> oh that's the one with harrison ford in it too yes and harrison man uh he's in the ads the promos for it and he's uh he looks great too what am i thinking he looks great too he's only about 80 80 how old harrison is like what 80 now yeah he's 80 and so i mean he's uh he's still working doing good he's in the 1923 he's in this uh, shrinking i mean he's a working man so congratulations to him anyway thank you susan i appreciate you and i thank you for listening to uh chewing the fat set hubby straight though and make sure that he at least knows the rules i mean if you're a subscriber you know the rules whenever someone asks you know you have what you're listening to the answer is chewing the fat those are the rules it's just the way it is <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.